A geopolitics analyst says some Pacific countries who oppose Japan's Fukushima-treated water release are bowing to China. The Melanesian Spearhead Group Secretariat has condemned Japan's decades-long release of treated nuclear wastewater into the Pacific Ocean, with the exception of Fiji's leader who says the science stacks up. Former intelligence and defense policy analyst and consultant to U.S. government security agencies, Paul Buchanan, told Lydia Lewis the Fukushima issue has become more of a geopolitical and diplomatic problem than a scientific one. The problem for Japan is that its historical legacy in Asia is very fraught, to say the least. The memories of World War II are still fresh in the minds of many of its neighbors. And so even though the science is there for them to discharge this treated radioactive water, there's a lot of skepticism uh, in, amongst the Asian neighbors that Japan is, in fact, being forthright with its claims that the water is perfectly safe. Now, scientifically speaking, let me just point out that uh, Japan is discharging these waters into what is known as the Kuroshio Current, which connects the North Equatorial Current uh, to the North Pacific Current, which circulates clockwise uh, across Japan and then towards the coast of California. And I say that because these waters will come nowhere close to the Sea of Japan, much less the coastal waters of uh, China, uh, the Koreas, and even further south. Moreover, not only have Japanese uh, nuclear agency scientists uh, done the testing to determine uh, the quality of this water, but the International Atomic Energy Agency, in concert with the UN, have declared the waters not only to be safe, but to contain less isotopes on average than what is found in the natural environment. So scientifically speaking, um, this is a non-issue. The trouble is, on the one hand, hostile states to Japan like China and North Korea will use this event to whip up anti-Japanese nationalist sentiment because Japan has joined and is trying to integrate into the U.S.-led anti-Chinese alliance in the East and uh, 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 Southeast Asian uh, seas. And so uh, hostile states will use this as more proof that the Japanese play dirty, that they're discharging dirty water that will come onto their shores, uh, even though scientifically that's absolutely untrue, uh, because they have their own political reasons. These are both authoritarian states, so they can manipulate public opinion a lot easier than in democracies, and, uh, and they are doing so as we speak. On the other hand, and I think this is more problematic for the Japanese, is that Japan is trying to uh, integrate further into these security alliances in uh, East and Southeast Asia, uh, but they are confronted with skepticism, particularly by the South Koreans. You know, the history between uh, the Koreas and Japan is not a good one. South Korea's government is said it's sticking with the science and backing the plan. Why then are we seeing such fierce protest within the population? Right. That's that's the problem, and I think that's why it's the bigger problem for Japan and its, its erstwhile partners. Uh, South Korea, the Philippines, uh, other countries in uh, like Malaysia, I mean, further afield, again, untouched by any of this treated water, 
they are democracies, so they're responsible to the electorates of the moment. And so even though the governments of the day may side with Japan when it comes to the science, uh, the electorate to whom they are responsible may not. And this is where we get into environmental activists who are, you know, are, are betraying a certain anti-scientific bias. Uh, for example, Greenpeace. Greenpeace says the science is not settled, and so these discharges should be opposed. Uh, they are wrong. The science is settled on this. The waters are safe. And again, this is the UN and the International Atomic uh, Energy uh, Agency talking. And so uh, what you have is a problem for the Korean government, the Philippines government, uh, and Japan itself, because there's plenty of environmental activists in Japan, uh, where activists have whipped up uh, anti-nuclear sentiment in their respective countries. And this could pose political problems for the governments of the day come uh, election time in the near future. How worried should Japan be about this public concern and distrust, particularly, like you say, from activists? Well, I think in Japan, uh, you know, they, the, the public trust in government in Japan is higher than in many, many Western countries. So I think the Japanese government, with its own constituencies, will be able to downplay the threat to the Japanese public. And they are, if, they, if these waters are a danger, uh, it's the Japanese population that would be in the most uh, danger. And, and they are not because those the currents pushing them north and eastward away from the Japanese co coast. Now, other countries, especially where environmental sentiment is strong and given the anti-Japanese legacies that exist in these countries, both the Philippines and uh, the South Koreans, uh, let's just say were treated pretty miserably dur during World War II by the Japanese. And so that, combined with strong environmental movements in both countries, can pose political trouble uh, for those governments, even though the Japanese government may have less concerns uh, along those lines in its own country. So Japan's basically on the horns of a dilemma. It's got the science on its side, but for a variety of reasons, environmental and then strictly uh, strategic, if you will, um, there are uh, significant numbers of people in East Asia and Southeast Asia that oppose uh, you know, the, the release of these treated uh, radioactive waters, and no amount of science is going to convince them otherwise. And we've actually seen this further south, where we are far from the currents that control the North Pacific, where anti-nuclear sentiment has risen its head, including here in New Zealand, uh, to oppose the discharge of these waters. And at that point, I think things get a little farcical, because not only are we so far away, uh, but we seem to be allowing this sort of generalized anti-nuclear sentiment to take uh, control over our rational selves uh, in opposition uh, to what is perceived to be uh, an abuse of nuclear privilege when, in fact, it is not. And that anti-nuclear sentiment is strong across the Pacific. Why is that, apart from the obvious, or is it just that obvious because of the past with France and the U.S.? And is there an argument about sovereignty here? How does sovereignty of Pacific nations play into this? 
Well, I think it's an interesting question uh, for for a variety of reasons. Again, Japan is burdened by its own history. You know, the Japan presence in the South Pacific during World War II was not a happy one, and there are historic memories that are associated with that that see Japanese or cast Japan in a negative light. Then there's the very, very reasonable anti-nuclear sentiment that goes back to the French testing days, uh, the American testing days, and the destruction that they wrought on uh, small island states. Uh, that, uh, that all is true and is reasonable. You know? But uh, here's where they run afoul of the science. The science simply points out, again, uh, we talked earlier about the North Pacific gyre and the various currents that are its component parts, none of the water that's being discharged uh, off the coast of Japan will ever make it down to the South Pacific. Again, you know, just basic physics uh, and atmospherics uh, tell us that there is no cause of concern in the South Pacific. And yet, that anti-nuclear sentiment is translated into opposition, not only by activists, but by some of the governments that are uh, members of the Pacific Island Forum. And unfortunately, I would say that this is born more of ignorance than of uh, rational concerns about the spillover effects of this treated water and may uh, actually you know, hang on to uh, lingering historical distrust of the Japanese, uh, to which I would add that the Japanese have not ingratiated themselves uh, to people with their whaling activities. And so you have a combination of anti-Japan sentiment with anti-nuclear sentiment, all uh, against the backdrop of Japan's behavior in World War II up to the present day when it comes to issues like uh, uh, whaling. And so I think there's a fundamental distrust uh, when it comes to the honesty of the Japanese, at least in the perception of Pacific Island activist communities and some of their government leaders, when it comes to events like this. Either people do not trust the Japanese and for some reason do not believe what the UN and uh, the IAEA have said uh, when it comes to the science of this treated war, uh, or they're simply ignorant of the science and are allowing their uh, distrust of the Japanese to, uh, uh, to overcome them. Speaking about that distrust, Melanesian spearhead group leaders have recently said as a collective that they strongly urged Japan not to discharge the water. They released that statement after the discharge started. This just shows that this is still simmering. It's still bubbling. What would be your advice, if you would be willing to give it to these Pacific leaders who are still sitting on the fence or staunchly against it because of the reasons that you have just spelled out? Well, I think that we have to understand, again, the geopolitics of the equation matter most. The MSG, as well as the Pacific Island Forum, have one eye on China and the other eye on Japan. We have to remember that China is a major provider of developmental assistance. And so uh, China has come out forcefully against the Japanese, again, in, in you know, complete violation of the science. And I think that these states are acting more to stay in line 
with the Chinese and keep that pipeline uh, open to them when it comes to developmental assistance, because the Japanese don't provide hardly any anymore in the South Pacific, so they're an easy mark. It's easy to sit in the South Pacific and criticize Japan because there will be no harm accrued because of that. And so I think it's, it's an easy way out for the MSG to appear to be uh, on the side of the Chinese when it comes to this dispute. Again, the Chinese are doing it for non-scientific reasons. Uh, they're not you know, friendly with Japan at all. And so uh, that combination of geopolitical factors, I think, is what's behind uh, the opposition to the wastewater discharges up in Japan, but again, all in violation or ignorance of, of basic atomic science. And uh, that's the worrisome thing in, these, in this day and age, is that uh, increasingly we're seeing anti-science uh, rhetoric and narratives taking over, not only amongst activists and conspiracy theorists and those sort of folk, but in the governments, uh, and not just in small island states either. Uh, it's infiltrated into some of the mainstream discourse, uh, dare I say it, to include in New Zealand. And so uh, what we've got is more of a geopolitical and diplomatic problem than we do have, uh, have a scientific problem. And unfortunately, uh, I believe that uh, geopolitical and diplomatic problems are more insurmountable than scientific ones are. From your analysis, and you did you did touch on it briefly in one of your previous answers, but is there an issue of international treaty breaches here? Is Japan breaching, or could Japan be breaching any international treaties? Uh, no, and uh, you mentioned earlier you asked me and uh, about sovereignty. Uh, no issues of sovereignty are going to accrue. Uh, because, again, uh, the, the basic physics of the equation. So Japan is discharging this water into its own coastal waters within its own territorial limits. So uh, those waters then combine with the North Pacific Current, and they head eastward at two to four knots until they hit the Northern California coast, in which case they travel down the coast, join up with the North Equatorial Current, and travel westward back towards the Western Pacific. At no point do those currents uh, infringe on the sovereignty of other countries. When it gets to the California coast, it's not within the 12-mile ter uh, territorial limit. It's further offshore. And so issues of sovereignty uh, really do not exist because the only sovereign, if you will, that is impacted by these discharges is Japan itself. Now, that doesn't mean that uh, others will claim that there's a possibility that some of this water could uh, impact the coastlines of another sovereign state, but that state would be the United States in the first instance. As far as international treaties are concerned, the wastewater being discharged into Japan's territory doesn't violate any treaty. Uh, and then once, it, let's assuming that it still has some radioactive component, and again, the science says no, assuming it got into the North Pacific current, uh, the fact is, is that A, the North Pacific is uh, open territory. Those are open waters. There's no sovereign claims on them. And there's no treaties that govern uh, the flow, the current flow 
of wastewaters that uh, emanate from the coastal territorial waters of any given state. I mean, there, there have been problems in the past, not with Japan, but with other contiguous littoral co- countries where uh, sewage water discharge flows into the neighboring waters of another state. That has caused problems, but those are adjoining states, such as the United States and Mexico, for example. Uh, and that has caused, caused problems. But when it comes to this sort of uh, treatment, treated water, on an archipelago like Japan, it simply is not violating any treaties when it's discharged after treatment. So where to from here? This is happening for decades. Well, I mean, this is the first of uh, these treatments from this particular plant, which is about to be decommissioned. So uh, obviously the Japanese will have to take note of the opposition to the discharges. Uh, They will clearly note that uh, there are groups, including groups in government and other states that don't care about the science. They're all about, you know, diplomatic point scoring and catering to their constituent bases. But I think that other than that, there will be more and more rigor applied to nuclear waste treatment. And I guess the thing that we need to think about, uh, because it's coming down to the South Pacific, is that the South Pacific is a nuclear-free zone. That includes not only weapons, although we know that nuclear submarines uh, with, with possibly with nuclear weapons transit the South Pacific on a regular basis, but with this new AUKUS agreement between the United States, uh, the UK, and Australia to deliver nuclear submarines to the Australians, beginning in 2024, we have the makings of a violation of the Treaty of Rarotonga, which is what declares the nuclear free zone that it covers the entire South Pacific as well as the coastal waters of Australia in the Indian Ocean. And I think for us, the issue is, will we begin to see nuclear waste being stockpiled, treated, and discharged in uh, any number of, uh, of uh, South Pacific states? And I'm thinking particularly of the Solomon Islands, which has now uh, signed a security, a bilateral security agreement with the People's Republic of China that will allow Chinese warships to forward port in the Solomon. Some of those Chinese warships are nuclear, uh, nuclear propelled. The the big concern with AUKUS is that it violates the Treaty of Rarotonga and therefore sets a precedent for other countries to do the same so long as they don't bring nuclear weapons into uh, the South Pacific. But nuclear propulsion, nuclear waste from those propulsion platforms, uh, the maintenance facilities that go with nuclear propulsion all produce waste. Uh, that's, That's, I think, the legitimate concern of the South Pacific community is that we're seeing more and more of this should uh, the AUKUS you know, treaty advance, and not all of the participant states in these nuclear ventures may have the same scientific rigor applied to nuclear waste as the Japanese do. Do we now see issues in terms of the war in Ukraine trickling into the Pacific? It's an interesting question because, again, it goes back uh, to 
the Chinese and their presence in the South Pacific. The Chinese are shadow partners of the Russians in this venture. They're supplying the Russians with weapons. They're all doing it surreptitiously and keeping at arm's length in public. But the Japanese, uh, excuse me, the Chinese are, uh, are, are, are allies in the Russian venture, even though they act as silent partners. Well, it could well be that because the Chinese uh, are the silent partner of the Russians in the Ukraine, they have diplomatic leverage on small island states that depend on them for developmental assistance. And so we may see that in U.N. voting and whatnot, uh, members of the Pacific Island Forum and the Melanesian Spearhead Group will either abstain or vote uh, uh, in favor of the Russians when it comes to matters uh, uh, about Ukraine. Uh, that is very possible. That, that's diplomatic leverage. And so there is where we might see the trickle-down effect. Uh, I don't see it uh, particularly impacting on the nuclear-free status of the South Pacific. I think that actually is going to become a Western problem, since it's these three countries of the West that have decided to nu nuclear nuclearize uh, the South Pacific with the uh, signing of this nuclear submarine agreement, uh, they are the ones who, if, uh, if more countries decide to use the South Pacific as a nuclear forward port or staging ground, uh, the responsibility for that, for setting the precedent for that, will be with the United States, Australia, and the U.K., not with Russia, not with China, uh, and certainly not uh, with Ukraine. That was geopolitics analyst Paul Buchanan talking to Lydia Lewis about the Fukushima fallout and nuclear issues across the Pacific.